Welcome back to another episode of Raven's Recap. If I sound a little bit different this week, it's because I'm actually recording from uh, from my vacation home here. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't even say it's my home, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm recording from vacation here to recap the uh, 53-man roster for the Ravens and to get ready for week one against the Raiders. How you guys doing? I miss you guys. Man, we feel bad like taking you away from the, the sunny skies of Florida. Oh, they're not sunny, and uh, it's actually raining today. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm ready to record. Yeah, it's raining here too today. Wow, <laughs> it's all yeah. It's also uh, yeah. It's nice in here. But yeah, man, 53 man reaction. You know, we weren't too far off, Peter. We did an all right job, I guess. Before we start, Chris, did you? Uh, what were your thoughts since we didn't get to hear it last episode? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think initial reaction is that a handful of guys we probably had making the roster like McPhee uh, ended up not making the initial 53 on a technicality. So I guess that was a little surprising, but you know, given the moves that are, have come already and are probably going to be coming in the next, I don't know, day or so um, it's not really that surprising, I guess, which is kind of a, a kind of a loophole, I think to be able to get some guys uh, into the uh, shortened IR period. Other than that, I mean, I don't know if there were too many surprises. Like, I mean, even like, you know, like a guy like Levine, like, you know, they might bring him back. They might not. Like, it may be like a, you know, as needed for the season or something like that. But, um, you know, I think most of the names that we expected to be cut were cut. I don't think that there were too many surprises. Yeah, I mean, Levine and Richards found their way back to the practice squad. But like you're saying, like, for call-up purposes, I'm curious to see if we actually decide to call them up and use them during the season because that'll be an interesting decision right like who are they not going to play in those situations boykin did not get ir'd before the season they decided to make him on the 53-man roster and then ir him now which led to um the activation of tomlinson who they did cut and we kept we protected so uh that was kind of maybe what they did on offense a little swap yeah and that was expected like we said a lot of roster gymnastics here and another thing to that we saw with the practice squad was, I mean, this is one of the things we didn't see coming is that the Panthers cut our good buddy, Josh Bynes and Josh Bynes is now back for a third stint with the Ravens. Uh, he'll be on the practice squad though, but yeah, I think that's another savvy mood right there considering how young the Ravens are at inside linebacker with the Fort injury. You at least have a guy there that can show them the ropes and if they need to call him up, you know, they, they'll be like 2019 all over again. They got the, the vet guy in there to hold down the fort. The dream of sharing a beer with him has not been lost. It has not. Yeah, I was pretty excited to see that we were able to get Josh Bynes back. I think that's exactly the kind of player the Ravens need to have available. If if things go wrong, we have an injury to our middle linebacking core, which we know is the thinnest. Big bummer to see uh, Nigel Warrior get picked up by the Seahawks. So he'll be not making it back to us, at least not uh, right away. McCrary also got picked up by Denver. I'm curious to see if he'll be able to crack into the lineup at any point in the season or just be a practice squad guy. Yeah, that's already a crowded backfield there. So um, it's interesting that, that Denver felt the the need to snatch him up. I think it's also worth talking about Trace McSorley. He made his way back. So he's on the practice squad. Some other names, uh, Jalen Moore and Benjamin Victor. So we talked last episode, maybe Benjamin Victor could make the roster. So he's still around, which is nice. Tony Puljan, the athletic freak at 6'7", made it the roster. Elay, I, I, I never know I say his last name. Do you guys know? 
Eel? Ely? I thought it was Ely. Ely, uh, Ely is yeah. how I've heard it, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Andre Smith. Somehow Andre Smith's back. I, I thought that guy was done. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe Yeah, I can talk about that for a second. Yeah, that was a, a big surprise. Um, I know uh, Schofield was probably one of the first cuts, I think. I figured he might mm-hmm. be a candidate to come back to the practice squad. I have no idea how Andre Smith made it over him. Yeah, did someone else get him? Like, that's the only thing I can think of. I didn't see that reported, though. I, I imagine I would have seen it. Um, not to my knowledge. I'm not 100%, though. I guess it makes sense overall, I think, from a numbers game. Um, you know, besides the starting five, I guess, and then Ben Cleveland, I think you were left with, what, McCary, Powers, and um, Kristen Castile, uh, Cologne, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that makes like nine. So I guess, um, you know, the the numbers, I think, make sense in terms of, you know, keeping nine linemen on the roster. I'm not so surprised that Schofield was cut uh, given those numbers. But, yeah, as, as, a, as somebody who you probably want to bring up uh, in that role, I guess, I, you know, I would have preferred to have him there. I mean, I don't know if Andre Smith brings any more versatility than Schofield. I would be honestly kind of surprised. But, yeah, at least from the, you know, at least from the second preseason game, just the film I remember watching, he was just you know way better. I, I wasn't able to watch a lot of the third one, just from a little bit more spotty Wi-Fi, but uh, I, I imagine the the tape was probably the same. Yeah, the only thing I can think about with with Smith is that he was a, a COVID opt out last year, so maybe the Ravens think that with a guy with this pedigree you know maybe they're thinking he can still show something if he gets back into some better football shape gets some more time to reacclimate himself to the game and you know if there is an injury at some point you know maybe he could be a, at least a shadow of his former self so i it, it seems like maybe the only reason that he's still around is just his his resume because like pretty much everyone has said he, he didn't look like himself at all uh, in the preseason or during training camp. So I, I guess that, that must be their rationale with this is is giving him a little bit more leeway because of how successful he has been in his career and the fact that he was away from football last year. Another thing that Peter and I got wrong with the roster was because Eric DaCosta works some more of his magic. They were able to trade Bredesen to the Giants. And in the trade that keeps on giving, they got the Chiefs' fifth-round pick, from the Orlando Brown trade and a seventh in 2023. And in return, we got their fourth round pick in 2022. So um, really nice to see that we were able to take a guy that probably was not going to make the roster or be the last cut. You know, they were comfortable with either Cologne or McCary over him uh, and make a draft pick out of it. Yeah. I mean, that was another good move. I was surprised to see that. I didn't think that Bredesen had shown enough that to really entice another team to to make a move at him. I thought that if he was cut, he would be another guy we'd be talking about about this practice squad. You know, maybe maybe Andre Smith's slot was the one that was, you know, all lined up for Bredesen before that trade materialized. But again, credit to the front office for making these small moves and, you know, it's these little little things. It's not just the signings of the big players that is why this franchise has been having, you know, so much much success for all these years. The city of New York keeps on giving. It wasn't the Jets this time. <laughs> the Giants were able to give us some uh, nice compensation. So yeah. They looked over at the Jets and they're just like, we can do it too. We also can suck up to the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be huge, right? I mean, the fourth round pick, I mean, uh, it's, I mean that, that, that's going to turn into a good player. 
some sort of contributor. Tyler Wallace, fourth round pick. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't done much yet, but like you know, we see a lot of promise there, and I totally agree with you, Chris. You know, from a JJ perspective, it's a fifth round pick. We do like the shuffling. Okay, fair enough. You give me a, a Ben Mason. Oh wait, he didn't make the team. <laughs> <laughs> ben Mason, uh, who I think I think got some bad blood, is actually now in New England of all places. So uh, maybe you can hang out with Sean Wade, the other fifth round reject. <laughs> For the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's interesting, man. Two completely different situations, right? I mean, Sean Wade is, is definitely a player I think the Ravens probably would have kept around if they didn't already have so many other players who could, you know, compete for those spots. So I, I feel like he probably would have had a spot on this team. But, uh, but yeah, Mason was, I don't know. I'm sure, I, t- I know tons of people are probably going to be still discussing this over the next couple months, maybe the next few years or something, of just like why the Ravens spent a fifth-round pick on a fullback and then you know just to cut him a few months later it's a really head-scratching pick also for somebody you know doesn't really have like the positional versatility to even get in at like a tight end spot or anything that like there's only really one spot that he could have gotten and i mean the, the guy would have had to have played like lights out to unseat a guy like ricard so yeah it's 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 weird but i mean then again like look uh the going to take some shots and he's not going to hit them all you know unfortunately like uh, he's not completely perfect, but he hits a lot more shots uh, than, than he misses. So, um, you know, all in all, things are good. But um, yeah, it definitely is a it's a it's a head scratcher for sure. I think what's almost even more of a head scratcher is what New England sees in him. I mean, it's like we're saying. I haven't heard one person say they understood the pick. He was very underwhelming from what we saw in preseason. Um, didn't look exceptionally athletic really had no splash plays didn't really do anything you know wrong but just nothing that really showed that he's you don't know gonna be on the level of a Kyle Ushek or a Patrick Ricard at that position which is also a position that is you know unless you're special you're not gonna be in today's NFL because it's an it's practically obsolete so I guess we'll we'll see New England has done things before with uh players who didn't work out in Baltimore uh John Simon is coming to mind. And there's been a couple others too. So who knows? Maybe maybe Ben Mason will be part of the of the next great Patriots team. But uh, I, I'm not seeing it here today. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, wasn't a, they have James Devlin, right? I know he's been a pretty good fullback for them. I think last year he got hurt, so he didn't play much last year. I actually haven't. I mean, I haven't followed any of what's going on up in up in Boston. But uh, maybe Mason is just now insurance policy for Devlin, right? Maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't come back, maybe Mason might be able to slide in in there. They could. Yeah, they're just obsessed with getting big over there. They got Janu, Hunter Henry. They're gonna bring out Mason. They're gonna be looking like they're playing in the '60s. But then they it, got it rid does, of Cam Newton, yeah. so it just you know throws all of it out the window. Yeah, they went back to the white quarterback. <laughs> I mean, like it's really going backwards <laughs> in time. <laughs> oh man, uh. go back to the practice squad real quick. Uh, Chris Smith and Justin Ellis. Uh, we had Chris Smith making it. Justin Ellis getting cut for this exact reason. They're still back um, on the practice squad, which is nice. Uh, Levine and Richards are there. And my mom's favorite person now, Jake Verity. She was like, we should keep him. And I was like, that's insane. He's not going to make the 53-man <laughs> roster. But he's back on the practice squad, so I texted her. <laughs> I was like, congrats. <laughs> uh, him and Johnny Townsend are still here. So, uh, you know, we got our backups to the kicking situation. If... Uh, crisis hits yeah the Townsend one isn't too surprising to me I mean 
Cook is getting up there in age. I, he could an, either announce his retirement any season now, or the Ravens could just move on like they did with Cox. Uh, that's not a surprise at all. I guess Verity, no one picked him up, so the Ravens were just kind of like, why not? You know, keep him around for another preseason and then trade him next year. But yeah, it is pretty interesting, though, that they kept kept him. I'm going to use the slot there. I do have to say, though, like, is this like the most stacked practice squad that the Ravens have had in quite a while? Well, I don't think it's fair to compare because um, with COVID, they changed the rules of having veterans on the practice squad. That's true. Like, yeah. 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 Like Levine, Richards, Ellis, Smith, they have no, <laughs> Andre Smith, they have no business on a practice squad. Yeah. In you know a couple years ago, literally would not be allowed. So hard to compare it. It's basically just a taxi squad at this point of like a larger roster. Like it makes you yeah. wonder why they don't just make the roster bigger. Like instead of making us do all these uh, shenanigans. Right. I was I was gonna say that. Like I, I feel like the <laughs> the era of practice squads being like your fantasy benches is here and it's here to stay. So um, I mean I'm all for it. Like it's 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 nice to have the extra players, the people who have the experience, and you can kind of call up as you need to. I mean, they're a little bit less protected being on the practice squad because any other team can pick them up. But yeah, I mean, the fact that you have the ability for older players to stick around and um, older players don't have to clear through waivers when transitioning into the practice squad, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer to keep some of these players around. So I do like the fact that all the podcasts are acknowledging, like, are there any other fan bases that are so in tune with like practice squad maneuvering and like all these roster <laughs> tweaks? And like, I honestly don't know because <laughs> like it does feel very niche. You know, we weren't even talking about it that long ago, uh, <laughs> but now it's like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> we're going to do all these moves and don't worry. It's like the 53 man roster is like not even a thing anymore. It's really just like a, you know, a tea ceremony. <laughs> we're so spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, DeCosta, man. He's just bringing the Ravens into the into the, the new era, leading the way. Every dollar counts. Well, the 53-man roster happened. We'll obviously see it keep shifting. You know, obviously, we were just talking, like, McPhee hasn't been re-signed yet. Uh, we expect that to happen, but uh, no, no word yet. Probably that's what the extra spot is, the IR that they haven't activated somebody for. But uh, all of those players are going to be gearing up now to play the Raiders. There's no more uh, preseason games, um, just a couple practices between now and then. So, uh, yeah, we're going to just talk about it now and talk about what we want to see happen in this game, other than obviously a win. What are the things you're looking out for? I mean, I think first and foremost, like, we want to see the offense have a really strong performance in this game. The Raiders' defense was, particularly against the pass, was atrocious last year. I remember... What was it that that game was a Saturday night game against Miami, where Nelson Aguilar had that huge uh, touchdown, and then the defense just folded, and Fitzmagic came in oh, for Tua, yeah. <laughs> and like, the Dolphins just had no issue <laughs> getting taking that game away from them. Just just the Raiders last year had did an excellent job of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. And most of that had to do with the porousness of their secondary and defense in general. So, you know, while we know that the Ravens have have had limited time with Lamar and the new receivers due to combination of COVID and injuries, I still think that it's going to be a disappointment if this offense doesn't put up at least 30 points 
in this game. For sure. I mean, uh, for the few minutes that I watched of uh, Lamar playing in that last preseason game, I mean, it was it, like, it was such a tease, right? He looked so sharp. Uh, that throw outside, that, uh, that corner route to Andrews was amazing. It was just, uh, I really hope that's a sign of things to come. Yeah, in my opinion, like I'm, I'm definitely expecting this game to be a repeat of like the 2019 opener against the Dolphins. I think the Ravens are, are going to come out on all cylinders and uh, just completely demolish the Raiders. To be honest, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly, you know, the, the big question mark is, you know, there's been so many injuries on the offensive line, wide receiver. Um, the injury to Dobbins was super unfortunate. I know I wasn't here to talk about that. Um, so there are a lot of question marks. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's not a given that the Ravens will come out and do that, but it is something where, you know, we haven't really seen any of that this preseason. It would be, uh, it would definitely be really great to come out and, and, and fire on all cylinders. Yeah. For me, I really want to see cohesive offensive line play because they also had limited snaps and just curious to see like what they do at left guard, even if they don't have the perfect game, as long as they have a, a good game. And we're able to see this offense click the way we're suggesting. That'll give us some confidence. I will say I'm a little disappointed that it's not a home game. Not just so that, you know, we get to see it or whatever. But I feel like Monday night's a perfect time to break out the black jerseys. Because I feel like this is a game we're going to dominate in. Or like color rush. Or like, you know, some, some like, we're going to come for you jersey. You know what I'm talking about? Like, sometimes they break out those jerseys against big opponents. Or just like games that they're going to really like, you know, put up some points. We're gonna be seeing replays from this game for a while, maybe. So uh, I need to. <laughs> I want to see uh, the cool jerseys. I mean, they haven't announced yet if it, you know that they they're not gonna wear the yellow pants, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would just be disrespectful if they wore the yellow pants out like, there against the Raiders. So. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, ordinarily I'd agree with you, Alec. But week one is. Uh, I think it's far too early to pull out the black uniforms. It's got to be uh, a mid-season, like late October, November kind of game. No, you're fair. That's fair. I just like the black jerseys. They're like underused in a way. But I guess it makes that's what makes them special. Yeah. The defense, like you know, they got the new D coordinator and Gus Bradley. But is that going to be enough? Um, probably not. Not for this offense. <laughs> I don't know. What uh, defensive coordinator is quite ready for what we're about to turn around? I know I was listening to Jason from Huddle Up Films' uh, latest video, and they were talking about how we got a little taste of um, maybe some wrinkles that the Ravens might use this year where they ran on four wide sets. Like it was like shotgun, four wide, and they ran. We didn't see a lot of that last year, and I'm thinking we'll see a lot more of it this year because we have so many wide receivers that need to see the field, and that's just a cool look. And particularly with Gus Edwards running now, a power back, you know, you, you bring out the lighter personnel to deal with the wide receivers, and then he comes at them. That's not going to be a good day for them. No, that's definitely a mismatch that you, the Ravens are going to have a lot of, of success with, I would think. Like we said, the offenses will look a little different with Gus. Um, I don't know if we want to bring up some of the the research that we did. I shouldn't say we did. Alec did into uh, the differences in effectiveness with Dobbins versus Edwards running the mesh point and I think from what we've seen from that, it might uh, mean that the Ravens have some different wrinkles in what they want to do there, just given the differences in the styles of Gus and Dobbins. But yeah, I mean, that right there is one thing they can do where you're going to have, Gus is going to have no problem picking up five, 10 yards in a position like that. Yeah, I tweeted it out, but I'll uh, include it in the show notes. But uh, Christopher Harris did a really good YouTube video going over just some of the stats 
of last year with Dobbins and Gus at the mesh point, both their rushing um, effectiveness and Lamar's. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. And there's like film to back up the the research. And, uh, you know, he, he has really good stuff, I believe, on his uh, YouTube page. Definitely worth a follow. And uh, yeah, definitely really good content. You know, I think for me, if we're talking about the run game, I mean, two of the uh, pieces, if they're both out there, that I think it's going to be a, a big difference. I'd definitely like to see them a lot more. Ronnie Stanley and Nick Boyle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to be, obviously, I mean, huge pieces for the line. Um, be able to uh, create up uh, create up all these holes uh, for the guys to run through. Tyson Williams uh, would also be really great to see him as well, to kind of uh, be that back to spell Edwards as well. You know, certainly I think... Uh, It'll be a great opportunity for him to kind of see what he can do in real, uh, some more real game time action. I know he played a little bit last year, but we didn't really get to see him all too much. That was the the COVID, the infamous COVID game where all the backups played. I'm, I'm really curious how uh, the Ravens are going to come out. You know, with their with their different schemes, are they going to you know rely on the run game? Um, you know, even though not having Dobbins in this game, um, is that something that they can rely on because they haven't had as many receivers uh, throughout the preseason? Um, or are they going to come out throwing like they did in that 2019 game against uh, the Dolphins and just you know completely light them up through the air? I feel like pretty much whatever the Ravens want to do, I, I think they can probably kind of get away with it until the Raiders show them otherwise. Yeah, because of just the, the putrid defense that they had last year. Yeah, we'll see if Ngakwe is able to elevate their uh, defensive play, maybe uh, try to generate a pass rush against us, but I think Lamar will take care of it just fine. Not too worried. Moving on to their offense, that's where they have, uh, I guess, maybe more weapons, so to speak. They did get rid of uh, John Smoke Brown, but they still do have Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, uh, Brian Edwards, every every uh, fancy <laughs> late-round darling, Brian Edwards, um, and, uh, of course, uh, Derek Carr and uh, Josh Jacobs. They added um, Kenyon Drake in the offseason, and they also rebuilt their offensive line, so that could be... Uh, all for nothing, right? Like all these uh, pieces on the offense, and if they can't block, it might not work out for them. So keen to see how they are able to handle the Monstars and our linebacker core with like Patrick Queen and Adafi Owe and you know all the all the heavy hitters. Houston, <laughs> good luck, guys. Yeah, well, you forgot the biggest name. Uh, Darren Waller is by that's far the, uh, yeah. the biggest piece of their offense, honestly. I was going to say for... Uh, that's kind of like the biggest matchup that I have um, where I think the Ravens can really kind of exploit us is Darren Waller versus any linebacker that we put on him. Uh, Patrick Queen is going to have a, <laughs> a quite a test in his first uh, game in 2021 to see how well he can perform. I mean, I know it won't just be him. It'll probably be uh, a mix between him, Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott, um, a couple of those guys. Um, maybe even Jimmy Smith, if he's able to play, uh, might be put on him. Uh, but yeah, it's um, he's he's a mismatch. He's just an absolute freak. It, it's a shame we we started the pod basically, you know, after Waller was kind of long gone. You know, I kind of wish we would have had some more. Uh, you know, pre- we would have paid more attention to some of the preseason film and, and some of the practice uh, 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 rumors and stuff like that that we'd heard from Waller back in the day because it seemed like everybody was super super high on Waller from the very beginning here, and he just never you know was able to put everything together until you know. All of this stuff happened with him, and he uh, moved over to the Raiders. But, yeah, that, that guy is going to be a, a big test for our defense for sure. Yeah, it's really interesting what could have been if you think about it because, um, gosh, so he was out of football in 2017, right? And then Oakland picked him up in 2018? Something like that. 
I believe so. So if you think, or maybe eighteen, nineteen, I don't know. One, one, one of those looks like twenty eighteen. I'm looking at him on, on Pro Football uh, Reference. Twenty eighteen, yeah. twenty sixteen was his was his last year playing for Baltimore. I'm pretty sure because of his um, his addictions, he was out of football for twenty seventeen on suspension. But uh, twenty eighteen, he played in four games for Oakland, six catches for seventy five yards, and then just exploded. Past two years, over eleven hundred receiving yards each time. Just to think of what what could have been, man. Because like, if they had kept, if they had been able to get him the help that he needed, and they kept, were able to keep him over Max Williams, can you imagine Darren Waller and Mark Andrews in the same offense? That would be insane. That would be nuts. Yeah, and then maybe you know, instead of picking Aiden Hurst with that first pick, you pick like Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> All right. So that now hurts. now I'm super frustrated. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Darren Waller's story is actually really, really incredible. If you ha- if you haven't checked it out, um, it's amazing that the guy's not only alive but but thriving from what it seems. Uh, just got into got. It doesn't seem like he's a bad guy, but just got down a, a bad path where he just struggled with some addiction issues, and now he's got his life cleaned up and is a dominant tight end in the NFL. And I think something that could be really interesting. I agree 100. percent We're really going to see in this game how improved Queen is right off the bat because he's going to have his hands full there. We could see both uh, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller leading all receivers in yardage uh, in this game. I don't think that's out of the question at all because, like we said, Waller's going to have the best matchup against the Ravens' defense, and we don't know yet if Marquise Brown or Sammy Watkins are going to suit up, and if they do suit up, how at what percentage they'll be health-wise. So Mark Andrews is unquestionably the healthiest target that Jackson has had the most time with to uh, build a rapport over these past three seasons. You can see both of them be the leading receivers really easily in this game, which I'm not sure how many times that has happened in NFL history as of late. You had two tight ends lead, <laughs> lead the game in receiving. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really think about it until we started talking about it. Almost a Ravens recap exclusive, uh, but maybe someone else has uh, noticed this but yeah not only is queen gonna get challenged with waller but then next week kelsey so it's like oh, bang man. bang <laughs> like the one two punch like you want to know how much he grew that's gonna Jeez. be the test right there and then hawkinson after that who's not on those guys levels but he's not a slouch either oh yeah it is detroit right after that detroit, good god hawkinson <laughs> and then fat whose jury's still out on he you know he could he could be okay this year man <laughs> He better Dude, be good. He's not- on your fantasy team. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I just get just got him on my dynasty team. I'm, you know, not not <laughs> my number one trooper. option. Not my number one option there. I'm ha- he's easily my option. I'm happiest with the least of what I've secured so far. But with that said, <laughs> glass half full on Fant. He's going to be a tough time for Queen. But back to Monday night. <laughs> and we're back in midseason form. We don't get on these tangents and. uh the off season, nah, man, because football's back. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like this is, this, it's just, this is it's just it's just so hard. It's so hard to be pumped during the off season because we're just like, man, it's like, you know, there's there's just other stuff going on, and like we love football, but it's just not as much fun until the actual games are starting. But yeah, there is still one guy, one guy on offense though that we we left out of this arsenal of of slightly average players that the Raiders have here. I mean, the the Raiders they now got they have the need for Sneed now. 
They got the need for Snead. You might see him, you know, get over the middle for some you know, sneaky, sneaky spots in the soft zone a couple times. You know, it's a revenge game for him as well. Yeah, this is uh, the Ravens' defense has put on notice. Uh, maybe Westry <laughs> will be able to take care of him. Adjust. <laughs> uh, now he's a good guy. He, he's a uh, a real gamer, and um, I think. I'm sure he'll get a, a catch or two. I'm sure they'll feed him the ball a little bit <laughs> and make sure, you know. I, I wish him well in every game except for our game against him, you know. Have a good season, Sneed. Go get 700 yards and a couple TDs. Why not? You know, they don't have that kicker anymore. I looked that up. Seabass? No, they then they used to have that, uh, the guy that's put like a first round pick on. Yeah, Seabass, Janikowski. Oh, ja- that's how I know him, yeah, Janikowski, yeah. I forget why he was called Seabass, but yeah, he was like the most badass kicker. He got into a bar fight, I think. <laughs> let, let me go back huge. to the nickname real quick sebastian <laughs> say it slowly c oh, ah yeah, there it is there it is <laughs> he's been around forever <laughs> all right do i do bold predictions and score predictions see bass wait i gotta look up did he get in the bar fight or not no it's in detroit <laughs> uh it's at Detroit, unsure of the bar fight. Status unknown. <laughs> Status unknown. All right. Well, anyways. Oh, yeah. He got into two bar fights in college at, at FSU. <laughs> Known bar fighter. <laughs> Known bar fighter Seabass. All right. Now it's time for some bold predictions. I really want to make this music for that. I really should. Bold predictions. Bold predictions. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Definitely a work in progress. It's coming. It's coming this season. Don't worry. It's a Ravens recap guarantee. Oh my god! So wait, wait, wait. He also his when he was in high school, <laughs> he was arrested at a nightclub along with his friends, and he tried to bribe the officer to let them all go without any <laughs> issues. <laughs> Got a five thousand dollar fine. Good gosh. <laughs> The more you know. To fill you in, listeners, just in case we cut out the previous section, we're talking about Sebastian Janikowski, who no longer kicks for the Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't know why we're spending so much time on this. We could be talking about... (laughs) We could be talking about how Henry Ruggs is a very dangerous weapon for the Raiders' offense, you know, and we got to watch out. Hey, better not watch out. Better not cry. Henry Ruggs might take your lunch. He may score the game-winning touchdown pass if you are Adam Gase and you just give up. That's right. What do you guys have for bold predictions for this game? Yeah, well, uh, I kind of mentioned earlier, um, look, until the Raiders show me otherwise, I think the Ravens are going to blow away with this game. Um, you know, it's it's sort of been uh, it's been like that week one tradition for the past couple of years that the Ravens just annihilate their opponents for, you know, for whatever reason. Is it schedule? Is it preparation? Is it... I don't know what it is, but the Ravens seem to do it. So, I think for me, um, I, I'll, I'll start out. I'll start out actually because I feel like I did this in 2020. I'll have to look at the sheet to back myself up on this. But I like going bold predictions on defense for Week One because I'm a Ravens fan. That's just that's what I've that's what I believe in is defense. Um, as much as I think the offense is going to cruise, and I think it will, I was like opening up with the uh, defensive bold prediction. So I'm going to say that the Ravens open up this game with at least five sacks. Um, I think that they're going to be able to get the pressure on Carr, force him to throw the ball out quick. Hopefully that leads to some turnovers, although sometimes it doesn't. 
I really like our matchup in terms of pass rush department, so I'm going to say the Ravens go with at least 5-6. As far as score, uh, if you guys want me to give that now, I think the Ravens are, are going to put up a lot of points. Um, I'd be willing to say like 42-17 Ravens. This is incredible, I and I'm not lying here. Chris just had my the exact bold prediction that I was going to give here. So now I have to come up with a new bold prediction on the spot. All right, I'm also not going to lie here. I was going to say six sacks. <laughs> because in the last episode, I don't know, Chris, if you listened, I said they were going to come out hunting. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we're all very bullish here that the Raiders offensive line is not very good. Not just that, but like, I, I think we're good at, at pass rushing. Like, I think we're going to, and I, I think it's Monday night. It's under the lights. We're the last game of uh first week slate. I think we want to get uh, the Chiefs a little nervous. We want just going to beat up on the Raiders so that they know. They know who's coming. And we're going to be at home, finally, with fans, finally. They don't know what's about to happen to them. I've been preparing for two years for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm also going to go defense on my bold prediction. And this one is this one's going to be bold based on what we were talking about earlier. I mean, this guy, the number one offensive weapon on this team, former Raven Darren Waller, I'm going to say, you know, the Ravens, Obviously, there's been some turnover in the coaching staff, but I think they know who this guy is. He's obviously exceptional, but they're they're going to have a plan to stop him, and they're going to hold him to under 50 receiving yards. And as far as score, I also think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I don't know if, if the Ravens will score a ton, though, because I could see them pump, pulling the brakes if they're up big in the fourth quarter, and you know, especially with all the injuries that happened during training camp probably look to get some starters out of there early if the game's non-competitive. So I'm going to go with 33-13 to 13 Ravens. I just noticed for the Chris's score, I didn't type in Ravens because it was kind of implied. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, Peter, you kind of alluded to it, but I'm going to say it because you didn't like make it your bold prediction. I'm going to say the backups do come in, uh, specifically Huntley. So uh, Huntley takes some snaps. Uh, and it's because we're winning big, not because of injury. And not because of a trick play, right? <laughs> QB, uh, QB to QB, uh, touchdown. I mean, reception. Doesn't if that count. happens, I think I win. But I don't know. I, I, Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, I won't win because I'm going to say non-injury, non-trick. <laughs> <laughs> Score-based. <laughs> Non-poop okay. break. Not, no poop break. <laughs> <laughs> I meant more of like the Troy Smith special, but uh, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> they got too many good actual skill position guys to not do that. Yeah. And then for uh, the score prediction, I'm going to say that uh, 42 points is not enough. I'm going to say 43. <laughs> and I'm going to say that 17 points is way too many. 10. <laughs> so 43 to 10. Ravens. Sounds like your price is writing me. I'm not. That was my score prediction before you said anything. But I just yeah. thought it was the way you, you said it. My sack prediction. My sack prediction. It was my that's, sack that's, prediction first. That's that, that's fair. That's fair. There's a lot of sack predictions here. Hey, I think uh, in classic uh, Ravens recap fashion, if these bold predictions come true, the Ravens win. Feels good. Particularly mine. <laughs> Screams that we're doing good. I am ready for some football. It is good for football season to be back. It is good to be back. Now it's time for the longest week of the year. We're just waiting, 
waiting for it to kick off. But it's all going to be worth it. Yeah, the extra week right now between now and regular season plus Monday night. Like, I already know I'm going to be at home on Sunday, like, refreshing my fancy scores and just being sad that, you know, like, we weren't playing at 1 o'clock. Then we have to figure out, like, a different recording schedule than normal. <laughs> ah, it's the worst. The worst. I but. will be flying home on a plane. Very happy the game is on Monday night, so I won't miss it live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is why we're recording this so early. <laughs> Our schedules have been crappy lately <laughs> to get it all together, but we're able to make it work. That's okay. Well, we'll get everything done before uh, first week of the season, and then from there, we'll have a tight schedule uh, covering the Ravens every week. Yeah, no, no vacations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no vacations for us. Looking forward to it, guys. Great episode. Always enjoy talking to you guys about football. Good to get the gang back together and uh, you know, reflect on this roster. You know, we said last episode, we'd say in it all offseason, this is a special team. We have big thoughts for this year, and uh, we're just excited to cover it, and can't wait for it to start you can follow us ravens underscore recap on twitter email us feedback at ravensrecap.com please do get in touch it's always fun talking to you guys and uh we'll catch you next episode